episode number 65 of the pilot the pilot podcast takes off now Hello, my name is Jesse McClintock. I'm 26. I'm a pilot in Southern California, and I started wingswap.com, which is an aviation marketplace, a free aviation marketplace. AV Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to episode number 65 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin, and I am your host. Today, we are talking with Jesse from Wingswap. And before we get into this episode, I do have some exciting news. We have a meetup planned at Oshkosh. It's going to be at Friday at 12, Friday at noon, at the C3150 booth. That's C3150. It's going to be with Crew Dog Electronics, and it's going to be with Cadence Aviation. Cadence Aviation, you might remember, has given me some headsets to give away, and they have sponsored a couple episodes as well. So I'm really excited to team up with them again. And that's going to be at C3150 at Friday at noon. I look forward to seeing more of the Aviation and putting some names to some faces. Aviation, if you like today's episode, please leave your review on iTunes. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash pilot the pilot. And make sure you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at pilot the pilot. Aviation, without any further ado, here's Jesse from Wingswap. Hey, Jesse, thanks for coming on the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is exciting. I know, man. I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, it's the first time doing something like this, so <laughs> it's all new to me. And don't worry. I, will be, I won't be too mean to you, I promise. All right, good. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, hey, man, first thing I ask everyone, why aviation? What was the initial draw to you to get into aviation? Oh, man, that goes way back. I've always been interested <laughs> in aviation. Nice. And it's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know, because... Yeah. It's just always been something I've been interested, but I know for a fact that my grandpa had a Mooney. Oh, cool. And, and I remember seeing pictures of when I was little of me and the Mooney and taking flights in. I vaguely remember it. And that must have been where it started. You know, he had his own company and, and, uh, he summer or snowbird between his houses in the north and south. And I remember going on those plane rides a lot. That's awesome. That's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, Moonies are one of those planes that either people love them or hate them. I err on the side yeah. that I love them. I, I love the tail. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like the, the mission of them. Uh, they just always seem cool to me. I'm about six foot three, so I don't fit in them very well, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm six one yeah. or uh, six or six one. And I just went for a flight in a TKS Mooney, uh, like a early 2000s and. And I don't fit in it. No, it's, that breaks really my heart. I know. I know. It's and my head hits the ceiling without any headset on, no. and I kind of have to slump down in the seat to. <laughs> That's to never fit. good. Yeah, but uh, I do fit in the earlier two hundred ones, which I think is pinnacle Mooney design. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly balanced, exactly what they intended for, and it and it just does the job perfectly. Yeah, I was told that the two hundred ones are harder; they're hard to get into. But once you get into it, kind of fits like a glove, and you can put the seat back. I don't know if anyone could sit behind you, but you could definitely fit yourself in there. Yeah, well, my uh, grandpa had the two thirty one, which is the extended version. It's the six cylinder oh, version, even better <laughs> of, of the two hundred one. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I remember sitting in the back of that, and I think the cabins are the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. No, that's but, awesome. Yeah, Moonies are a great airplane. Yeah, they are. They're slippery. Yeah, they, yeah, that is for sure. I heard they can be hard to land if you're not on the right speed, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, I haven't landed them too many times, but yeah. I did that, land that TKS uh, equipped Mooney 231, and they are interesting to land. You kind of almost awesome. land them like a glider. Yeah. You just keep the same approach all the way <laughs> to touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, 
uh, that's a good that's a good problem to have that they want to fly. I'd rather fly an airplane that wants to fly than one that doesn't yeah. want to fly. <laughs> so yeah. that's good. Well, cool, man. So let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, uh, you obviously, like you said, you are the creator of Wingswap, which is a marketplace for aviation. Uh, but you're also a pilot. Talk about kind of your love for flying airplanes and uh, when, when, and how, and why you started training. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I grew up in Southern California, mm-hmm. actually in the high desert in Hesperia. And there was always, you know, B2s flying over from Edwards and stuff. And I've always wanted to do training since then. But when I was 12, I moved to Ohio. Okay. Uh, what part? My family, uh, Cincinnati. Okay. I went to Ohio State. So I lived in Columbus for, oh, cool. for about four years. Yeah. I've been up there many times. Uh, I went to the University of Cincinnati. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And, and so while there, I was trying to find any way possible to, to learn to fly. Yeah. And I, I was like 16 at the time and I didn't have any money. So I was just trying to get any <laughs> possible way to learn to fly. So right. I started handing out business cards to my neighbors to mow their lawn, like yeah. any 15 or 16 year old does. Right. Yeah. And so I was telling them each of why I was doing it. And then I ran into this one neighbor who was like, you know, I, I run a, uh, aviation repair shop it was a turbine aircraft maintenance shop his name was ian roberts roberts aviation yeah and he gave me a job uh not mowing but he gave me a job at his shop that's cool yeah at the, at the near nearby airport butler county airport oh, i've and, been to butler county before that's funny oh yeah. you have yeah, yeah i've landed there before yeah that's so that's where i started my training so i i, I saved up some money working for him i did it in the wrong way though most people try and <laughs> you know knock it out as soon as possible and obviously that was my intention too, but at 16 working your first job, you know, I made enough, I made, I saved like a few thousand and then I go to the FBO and spend it all in like two weeks right. and then I'd have to wait a whole nother summer yeah. you know, to build up some more. <laughs> so I did that like twice, yeah. uh, into college and I, and I had like 30 hours and I went to like two different flight schools just trying to find a better rate and everything. Yeah. And, and it took a long time, but the thing that finally got me my license was, um, going to Oshkosh 2015. Yeah. I went to Oshkosh in 2015 and that got me like my, got me back into gear for trying to get it done. And so I went to the local airport, Butler County airport and I started just going to all the hangars and talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> and I ran into this one small flight school, uh, the Hogan's and, and they, struck a deal with me where I could clean their planes in exchange for flight time. You know, I no helped way. them make their maintenance yeah. and I would just kind of keep track of it and I clean their planes, help them fly to different locations and kind of log the time as training. How did you strike that conversation up? How are you like, Hey, I have no money. Can you pay for my flight? training? <laughs> like, how do you bring that up? Like I'll do anything. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was basically like. I, yeah. I, I met with this one really nice family at, at this hangar and they're like, you should go talk to the Hogan's. And so, uh, they, they, I went over there and I was like, Hey, my name's Jesse. Uh, these people told me about you and, uh, I heard, I hear you guys got a flight school and they're like, Oh yeah, here's what we do. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was just something like, is there any way I could maybe help you with your flight school in exchange for time? And surprisingly, he wasn't immediately dismissive of it. (laughs) <laughs> and he was just like, let me think about it. Maybe we can have you clean planes, you know, come back tomorrow. Yeah. So I did. And, and he's like, you know what, what we can do is, you know, I need you to clean the 152 there. 
So I'd clean it and be like, go ahead and keep track of your hours. And then later we figured out kind of what the agreement would be exactly for how many hours I worked would be how many hours in the plane or a discount. That's awesome. No, that's really cool. Cause I mean, a lot of people say like, man, I'll do anything to go fly, but they won't have that conversation with anyone because that's an awkward conversation to have, you know, like it It takes a lot of guts to go up to someone and be like, Hey, I don't have any money, but I want to fly. So we're going to make that happen. (laughs) You know, it's like very very entrepreneurial and very (laughs) awkward. It's like, no one's going to say like you go into it thinking no one's going to say yes, but it's like you have no like. What's the worst that could happen? They say no. You know, it's like yeah, all right, cool. That's exactly no. What I've learned is yeah. you got to ask and you got to put yourself in a position. Absolutely. To Absolutely. Get something out of it, even if it might go nowhere. And you're here to say that it worked. So it was the yeah, same. It won't it work for someone for else. Me, you know, and you probably just can't go to your local FBO and, and yeah. say, "I want to do something with your flight school." I found it wasn't an FBO. It was just a guy who ran his own little flight school out right. of his hangar. And that's cool. And I, that was the way that worked for me. If you know the person who runs the FBO, you could probably do it. But right. for me, it was getting to know them, the family personally, and saying, hey, I can help with this. They obviously <laughs> knew I was interested in it because I was there every day helping that's them, fine. cleaning them, doing anything I can. You know, and they could see that. And so they helped yeah, me. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's going to be funny if people listen to this and they go to Oshkosh this year and they're like, where are the Hogan's at? The Hogan's are going to pay for my <laughs> flight school. <laughs> yeah. So they might, they might be calling you one day and be like, man, what the heck, Jesse? <laughs> yeah, they'll probably get a lot of more people yeah. coming to the hangar. Yeah. Like, we only have so many planes. We don't need anyone clean our planes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your training like? Um, obviously, we talked about kind of what you did to fund it and how you worked really hard to fund it, which is cool to hear because it's a big question for people is how to pay for yeah. flight school. And you just got to find a way to do it, whether it's loans or a job or cleaning or whatever. You just got to find a way. But what was your actual training like? Um, well, I started at two flights, two FBOs, mm-hmm. the traditional way. And, you know, I, I, I think the hardest part was just thinking about how much money each second was costing. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, God, it's hard for me to focus on this. And <laughs> I remember that when I started training, in the air, I was super, I would freeze a lot at like the slightest amount of pressure, you know, like, <laughs> like if you go down anymore, you might bust an airspace or something. Yeah. I would like freeze. I'd be like, Oh crap. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Pull and, <up>. uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I wouldn't figure that out and I'd be all bummed about it. But, yeah. but after I got my license, like something clicked and suddenly my confidence went through the roof and just, I think it's just the more time you spend doing it, the more confident you get. And Absolutely. now I can't remember the last time I froze in a situation after that one time when <laughs> I had like 10 hours when I was doing, you know, just starting cross country. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, it's a real but, thing. Like, yeah, you don't know or really know how you're going to react to kind of a high pressure situation like that, whether it's, oh crap, I'm climbing, getting into airspace. Like it all, like when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was like, all right, so you're going to pull up or you're going to stop descending. But when you're in the moment and it actually happens to you, it's a lot different. You know, it's like, you know, you know what to do, but your brain's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah. So I remember very specifically why it was so confusing to me at the time, because I I was doing a very shallow descent Mm -hmm. and my instructor didn't say there's an airspace below you. He just said, if you don't change your altitude, you're going to bust the airspace. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I thought, okay, the airspace is above me. Like it's a shelf above yeah. me. Yeah. And so I should uh, descend so I don't bust that airspace. He's like, you're getting closer. And I started panicking in my head and I was like, oh, I'm getting close to this airspace. I got to go down more. And so he <laughs> he's like, no. back. 
And so we climb it, I'm like, oh, it was below me. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's so, the thing, though. It's like the instructors yeah, don't you, always know what you don't know. So they're yeah, exactly. you're out there flying, and it's a, it's hard, especially when you're when you're new to flying, and they don't mm-hmm. exactly what I said they don't know what you don't know. So they're trying to feel it out. So they don't know your experience, and he there's just a communication error, and that happens in early training, that happens in airlines, that happens in throughout your whole life, even if you're not in aviation. It just goes yeah. to show how important communication is, and. It's just something that's always going to be important. And then like we talked about just a little bit ago, you don't know how you interact with those situations. Yeah. You really learn a lot about yourself when you first get into a situation where you really don't know what to do. Absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm glad that was just during my first couple hours of training and, and I got over that pretty quick. Yeah. But I'm glad you didn't bust I, the airspace. <laughs> I don't remember if I actually did or not. I don't think so. Cause yeah. I remember he yanked it back pretty hard. Yeah. I don't think he did. We'll say you didn't. <laughs> we'll say I didn't. Yeah. No. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's that was like that's what training was like for me. But yeah. after after I get that confidence, and I started to really understand things. So you mentioned it, that. Oh, sorry, what you're saying? No, it just became a lot easier. Yeah, you mentioned that you had in the beginning. You had two different flight schools that you were choosing between. What were the what was the reasoning between the two? Why didn't you just stick with one? Well, one was this the uh, nearby FBO, and I just went with it without question because yeah. it was close, and uh, it was super expensive. <laughs> and uh I did do my first solo there, but in a one seventy two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just so expensive. So I remember my mom's friend was a pilot and he said he really recommended this guy at the nearby airport. Okay. Kind of nearby. It was another half hour away. It was uh Warren County Airport. Okay. And he was like, Oh, you gotta go to my instructor. He's he's, <laughs> he's less expensive, he's really good, he's he's friendly, he's and I was like, Okay, I'll I'll, I'll try that. That sounds better. Yeah, I don't so, wanna spend all this money. <laughs> Yeah, so I went to this other place, and it was a smaller airport. Yeah. So I figured it would be less expensive, and it was, but um, it was still a similar thing where yeah. it was just too expensive yep. in the end. I mean, that's what aviation is. Aviation's expensive yeah. no matter how you look at it. It's uh, <laughs> No matter how you look at yeah, it. It's, it's always yeah. been expensive, even back in the day. It's like, even if it sounds like, oh, we could fly for only $20. It's like, yeah, well, $20 yeah, is right. probably expensive to them back in the day. So, that's right. It's I all mean, relative. Yeah, it's all relative, and it's always going to be expensive. And it's just something you have to to eat and just kind of realize that that's not going to go away. You know, you can't really kind of hang your head on that or else you're never going to be able to get over it. Right. Yeah. Or you find someone to go clean their airplanes and they'll pay for your flying. That's always an option too. <laughs> I know it's it's rare, but it does happen. Yeah, uh, you know, I, the most of the people that I know uh, got into it the untraditional way. Either yeah. they had a family member who bought an airplane and they trained in that, or yeah. they had friends who who helped them. But with most of the young people that I know in aviation, that seems to be the story. It's yeah. also the case of for just sure. going up front and paying. For you know the full ATP course, yeah, and and uh, doing it that way. Well, I found that it's cheaper to not do the to do the way you did than it is to go ATP, Embry Riddle, college, any of those. I mean, it's yeah. just, even though you said it's expensive, but even your, your cost would probably still be double or maybe triple depending on where you went if you went to a full university style. Oh yeah, for sure. I wanted to go to Embry Riddle. In yeah. fact, I remember cutting out a piece of the Embry Riddle logo and taping it above my bed so I would wake up every morning <laughs> looking awesome. at that and I was like I want to go here That's but, so cool. um, <laughs> and I left it up there even after I decided not to go there but, uh, <laughs> just a reminder <laughs> yeah I, that's what I really wanted to do because yeah. I thought that was the only way into aviation like, yeah. you have to go to college for it and yeah, or the military wanna, yeah it's like the only way to get in you yeah. know and I'm not the military type I've always wanted to be a fighter pilot but, yeah. but the military uh, <laughs> 
the military is just not my uh, personality. I I wouldn't do well. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, it's such a shame because military flying would be fun too. Like I would love to be a fighter pilot as well, but just the military scene just not for me either. And I mean, there's nothing against that. Like there's two different scenes for everyone. So like power to you if that's what you like. Yeah, trust me, it's exactly. I I still one day want to own, you know, something like a a light fighter jet oh, like that'd be cool. trainer because, and I got this recent boost in motivation because I was talking to this guy in a friend's hangar, uh, last month and he started his own business and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. So, uh, he, he was doing training in a, in my friend's L 29 Delphin to mm-hmm. get his checkout to get hours in the Delphin. And I learned, and he was only like 35 and I learned he had his own company. And I was like, so how many, how many people is it just you at your company? He's like, Oh, I know I have about 30 people working. Oh, for dang. Me. I was like, wow. And then I found his plan is to buy a T38 talent. Oh, wow. <laughs> like All the right. fighter. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's like what I dream I wish I could do. So <laughs> the fact that he's going to do it is kind of like some good motivation for you. Fire. You know, that's I cool, might not man. get there very soon, but it yeah. got me motivated again to that's awesome. chase after. What was, um, what was your goal when you were flying? Like when you were getting your private pilot, obviously you said you thought about Embry-Riddle. So I'm guessing you kind of thought about becoming a professional pilot as well, or were you just kind of focused on doing it as a hobby? Yeah, I, I originally knew I was going to want it anyways. So no matter what I was going to do, I, I just, I'd want to get my license because it's going to some way revolve, you know, the rest of my life around it. Right. And so I remember when I was long, young and like 16, 17 thinking, if I don't get it now, I could get a job sometime where I get so busy I don't even have the time. Right. So I got it young thinking at least I'll have it. Uh, and then I learned kind of about what the airline pilot life <laughs> was like. And, and at the time, you know, the wages were like super low. And yeah. I was learning they were getting paid like a similar to a teacher's salary. And I was just like, yeah, after spending all that money to get yeah. my ATP, then just to m- go make a little bit of yeah. money, it doesn't sound that good. But thank you. Recently, there's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recently, it seems like it's kind of changing just because of the quote unquote pilot shortage. Yeah, no, it's definitely changing. It's changing for the better. It's uh, something yeah. that's definitely looking, looking up for everyone. And I know PSA just recently, I think it was yesterday, signed new contract wages. So they're getting even better. It's just going to continue wow. to build on itself. So it's, yeah. it's definitely looking better for uh, pilots that want to get into the industry now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of had me partly thinking, you know, maybe it's something I want to do yeah. again, especially with my new interest in building this website and yeah. everything because it would allow me to, to work on that at the same time rather than working a 60 hour a week job yep. uh, in the same office, pilot, same view. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, what, so I um, started to oh, look sorry. a little more into yeah. getting my instrument next and all that. What exactly held you back? What about the pilot life? Was it just the money or was it kind of the lifestyle where you're going to be gone a lot? You're going to be in different hotels every night. What exactly was holding you back from wanting to become a professional pilot? Well, I would say it was partly, you know, because I have really high ambitions for myself, Mm -hmm. uh, financially, I should say. Yeah. And, you know, that was part of it. It's just like, you know, I want to be able to afford a lifestyle that I want. And I I figured for the next couple of decades, if I became a pilot, I wouldn't get that. And so it'd probably be easier if I got a corporate job or started my own business Absolutely. To, to do that and fly, fly myself around for fun. Yeah. Well, it's cool because so, when you're a pilot, you, you like, you obviously work a lot, but you also have days where you don't do anything. There's some days where pilots have right. 16 days off in a row and they could yeah. focus solely 
on their their side venture or their business. There are a ton of pilots who make a lot of money off their side businesses and probably could make more money than they actually do flying a plane. So it's yeah, definitely right. one of those jobs where you have the ability to be an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, right. Exactly. And yeah. the fact that uh, just uh, I'm not a fan of jet lag and that's probably a, <laughs> a you know downside to the lifestyle. But just you know bit. my friends who are pilots they they who uh, are either airline pilots or corporate pilots. You know, they tell me it's pretty lonely. Yeah. You know, when you're out there, it's constantly by yourself. And I'm a pretty social person. I like to be around friends. And so, right. Um, you know, I wasn't sure if I would want, you know, if the only job I could find was one for flying for, uh, you know, uh, Delta private jets where you're constantly going. Yeah. And going and, and you're never home and everything. I don't know. It just didn't appeal that much. To and me. just wait until you fly with an old grumpy guy that doesn't want to talk and right. doesn't want to do anything. And you, right. you eat at separate tables for breakfast. It's like, oh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. this is exactly. the worst. Why do I do this? And I mean, that's going to yeah. happen. That happens in aviation. It's all about who you get paired with and you can't affect or you can't change who you get paired with. So it's like, yay, right. here we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what was, um, so we talked a little bit about your training up until you're solo and you talked about the two flight schools. So you went to two flight schools and then Oshkosh and found the family where you're able to clean the airplanes and get some time. What, um, what planes did you train in with them? Did they have one plane, two planes? What kind of did it look like? They had two one Cessna 172s. Okay. They had a 152 and a debonair. Cool. And a Piper Cub actually. Cool. What planes did you fly? Um, did you fly all those or did you just fly I one of them? I flew the 152. And, okay. I, and so I remember when I started, I wanted to fly the 172 just because I, I hadn't had that much experience in general aviation. And I thought, you know, the 172 is a little bigger, more mm-hmm. wing area. It's it's probably safer. Yeah. You know, you can... It's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, that's all I was just thinking of was the safety and the cost. It, even though it was more, I was like, I'll, I'll pay for it just because it's safer. But I tried out the 152. And like, I immediately fell in love with it. That's awesome. And, you know, it's, it lands, I learned that it lands even slower than a 172 yeah. and it's definitely cheaper to fly. Absolutely. And cheaper it's a lot more for sure. fun to fly. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot more nimble. I, so. I, I sat in a 152. They're like, all right, what plane do you want to fly? You know, here's a 172. We'll go sit in that first. Cause obviously they want you to pay more and see the right. big plane first. And I was like, Oh, this is nice. No, it's not too bad. You know, I'm still rubbing shoulders with my, my flight instructor. And then I sit in the 152 and I'm like, I feel like yeah. I'm, I can't even fit. Like my head's looking one way and my, right. his butt's on my, like my leg. And it's like, all right, nope. 172 <laughs> without a doubt. It's like, you definitely sold me on this. <laughs> yeah. But once I started doing solo stuff, like the cross countries in the 152 it was just it was just obviously the plane that i wanted to keep doing my training yeah. in uh it was just so much more fun yeah and Did, yeah once once you get the second person out of it you get a little more <laughs> once you kick him out yeah. yeah did you uh have any difficulties in your training at all did you struggle with anything in specific or was your check ride hard or talk a little bit about that oh uh, let me think I, I just remember in the very very beginning of my training i would freeze up <laughs> and that was something I had to get over. But yeah. once I started getting like 30 hours, 40 hours, You're good. then, then I was good. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I stopped freezing up. I just, it was a lot easier to start thinking critically about like what the problem is you're having and yeah. try and dissect it and go through it. Nice. But as far as other problems that I had, um, well, when you learn to fly in Ohio, it's a lot different than flying out here in Southern California. Absolutely. You know, uh, <laughs> it's 
every small little farm town starts to look the same from <laughs> 4,000 feet. Man, you got that right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so flying out there to do my cross countries, you start to like doubt yourself yeah. with how straight your track is. <laughs> is this Finley, like, Ohio? Is this Southwest yeah, Ohio? Exactly. It's like, where like, am that I? train track yeah. goes through that town, but it also goes through that town. Yeah. So that, I mean, visually that was the only thing that was different. Yeah. I started my flying in Ohio. I started at Ohio State when I was 20 and then I didn't finish flying there. I finished all my training in Charlotte, North Carolina. And the difference in kind of the landscape of the two states, I never really realized until I was flying. Cause in Ohio, it's like if you have an engine failure, it's like, Oh, you could land anywhere. It's like there are no trees almost like it's just like fields everywhere. It's just yeah, complete yeah. farm country. You can land anywhere. And then I was flying on Charlotte. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a rainforest. It's like, I don't have yeah. anywhere to land if I lose an engine. Yeah. This is crazy. You know, that is one thing that I did enjoy. Cause that was always on my mind when yeah. I took off. It's like, okay, where am I going to put this thing down? Because you know, like that's, that's the most. In my head, that was the most dangerous time to yeah. have a problem was right after takeoff yeah. and, and putting a plane down somewhere. But Absolutely. thankfully, Butler County Airport was surrounded by fields. Yeah. And so half of Ohio is surrounded by fields. Maybe no, maybe yeah. three quarters of Ohio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. when you're doing your cross countries. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't have to worry at all. So. The one thing that sucks about flying in Ohio is the wintertime and the weather. Yeah. You, there's yes. like no flying whatsoever. No, I remember that. And I remember doing a lot of scud running yeah. uh, with my instructor when we'd have to go work on another plane at another airport. He's yeah. like, no, we got to get to this airport and we got to fix this plane. They need it. So he'd be like, you know, you're flying and we'd take off ceilings at like 700 feet and <laughs> he would just dodge rainstorms. Oh, man. Airports and, that yeah, never sounds do, like fun. No, it didn't. But it definitely prepared me for flying around weather and yeah. getting used to weather because... I see a lot of times people out here see some rain and, and they just, if they have the flight they want to do, they don't do it. Yeah. I mean, but, weather, the only way that you can become comfortable not, or well, the only way you can become comfortable around weather is by your experience of flying through it. And I mean, when right. I flew single pilot IFR, it's like, I didn't really feel comfortable going into thunderstorms and I kind of yeah. learned my limitations by flying in and around thunderstorms. And I was like, all right, I don't want to do that again. So I'm going to, I'm going to go farther this way. Yeah. So it's like the, in the whole freight world, it's the whole, don't be late penetrate or you're, yeah. so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going against you and you just got to figure out a way, figure out where your limitations are and stick by them and don't ever go against them. It's like, you know, that that's too far. Don't go that way. So that's yeah. one of the things I recommend. Yeah. And that's one reason why I'm going to be getting my instrument is because where I'm at in Camarillo is fairly close to the ocean. And uh, you do get that marine, marine layer. layer, yeah, yeah, that comes in, and you can't go flying for the first half of the day. Yeah, and you know if you ever need to get out or something, it's like this is the perfect opportunity yep. to practice because you know it's only three hundred feet, and you know so. Yeah. No, I think everyone should have their instrument. I mean, I, I know that's easier said than done. And I know that right. it's expensive. And if it's just a hobby, maybe private pilots just enough for you. But I mean, the skills that you learn and you never mm. know what situation you're going to put yourself in. And it's right. just, it's so important to understand how a plane flies on instruments and how you cannot trust right. your body. Your body will lie to you and your instruments will not. Granted, if the instruments aren't working, then it's a whole different story. But nine times right. out of 10, trust the instruments. The instruments are telling you what you need to do. And it's just, it's crazy. Like you'll be in a turn and you'll be in a constant turn and you feel like you're straight and level. Then your instruments tell you you're still turning. You're like, wait a second, what am I doing? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's wild. So I would highly recommend an IFR 
rating for everyone. And I mean, shooting an approach down to not even minimums, it is shooting approaches is fun. It can be fun. It doesn't have to be necessarily challenging. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be a kind of a cool and fun thing to do. It's cool to pop out of clouds when you're in the climb and you're cloud right. surfing. So it offers a, a very different perspective of flying than just private pilot flying. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so you talked about instrument, do you have plans to get your commercial maybe and eventually move on to, to fly some other stuff? Or do you think you just want to get whatever you can so you can buy your own airplanes and fly them around? <laughs> well, I, I do plan on getting my instrument mm-hmm. and hopefully I get my commercial pretty soon after because um, there are a lot of flying opportunities at this airport. Camarillo is extremely diverse. Yeah. I've been to so Camarillo before. Yeah, it's 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 one of the best airports in the world in uh, my that's opinion. Cool. That's really cool. And, and so there's a lot of small flying opportunities that I think as soon as I get my commercial, I could, you know, start skydiving or banner towing or, or just uh, commuting some people between Santa Barbara and here that have a business. And uh, yeah, so I think that would be a good way for me to start to build time. Oh, Even absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's so much you can do when building your time. And I mean, some stuff's really sketchy, but there's so much stuff you right. can do. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about wing swap. Let's talk about the idea behind it, why you wanted to start it, when it kind of popped in your head and kind of just go from there. Okay. Well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so I had that going for me ever since I was in high school. I was thinking, okay, how do I get out of the rat race? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to even go to college. I just want to start my own business and 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 not get stuck behind a desk my whole life. Absolutely. That was like the most terrifying thing to me was just doing something behind a desk I, I didn't like doing. And I just had to think of a way out. So all throughout high school and college, I was in the entrepreneurship club, thinking of ideas, building businesses. In high school, I had uh, high school, I had uh, auto detailing business. I ran out of the back of my Ford Focus. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And so I had this really aspirate, you know, and I'm a big fan of, of supercars. So yeah. I would go to the concourse to Elegance once a year and, or this one year, and uh, I would just go to all my favorite cars and I'd find the odors and I'd give them my card. I'm like, here, can I, can I detail your car? I'm starting a detailing business. And they were usually pretty receptive to it. Uh, but they never started me out on their Ferraris and I was kind of bummed, but I didn't know why. But yeah, like here's our family Honda Civic. It's like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I took any opportunity that I could and, mm-hmm. and I met a lot of good business owners that way. And I started, yeah, I started working on their Hummers and their Civics and stuff. And, uh, that's one way I started the business. Then nice. I went to school. But then when I left school, I was trying to think of, any way that I could start a business and I just couldn't think of anything in aviation that I wanted to do, uh, entrepreneurial that didn't have a huge barrier to entry. You know, right. you can't start your own charter company without, you know, $50 million yeah. and, and all these jets. And I was like, well, all right. So the charter company's out the window. Yeah. Like we said, aviation's uh, expensive. <laughs> yeah. Every, every part of it. Yeah. So, um, I remember one day I was out in California already, uh, after I graduated and I had the idea for just like a, a reinvented marketplace that's free and really easy to use. Because mm-hmm. at, at the time I thought, you know, everything out there is, is pretty complicated, especially barnstormers, you know, the, yeah. the main It's an old website. website. Yeah, it's, hard yeah, to it's, use, it's clunky. Really yeah. It's clunky. It hasn't been updated since whenever it was made. And, you know, I just thought there's got to be a better way to do it. And I saw, you know, trying to use it on the mobile, it's just as bad or yeah. worse. So I thought, you know, I should, I should create a replacement for this. That's, 
just got everything going for it better. And for some reason, I didn't act on it right away. But then a couple of months <laughs> later, I'm like, that was a really good idea. Why don't I do that? And I didn't even really know where to begin. I just kind of started. And uh, I'm pretty good with Photoshop. So what I did is I designed up what I wanted it to look like in Photoshop, every page yeah. uh, and the functionality, every button, every text, where things were going to be. And and then I went to, uh, let's see, I found a developer on a website. Uh, what did I do? I think I went on a, a Reddit, a subreddit, <laughs> and I asked if anyone had any good developers they'd recommend. And someone recommended me this small team out of Arkansas. Gotta love Reddit, man. Reddit is yeah. good for so many things. Reddit is fantastic. Not just for trolling. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and they recommended me this small team out of Arkansas, and I said, hey, I got this design I want to do. And it turns out the guy who runs that little that little dev team, he was a uh, student pilot as well, so he oh, kind of cool. understood the vision I was going for. And so I gave him my designs, and I said, let's make this happen. And That's awesome. And he, he built it for me. And... I just figured a lot of stuff out along the way. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I knew <laughs> how I wanted it to work. Trial and, and error. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff when it comes to just starting a business, you know, that you don't know about when you start, you know, from creating a, either an LLC or, or a DBA, a do business as a mm-hmm. sole proprietor and establishing that with your local county and getting all the paperwork done. Like I just kind of Googled it as I went and yeah. asked questions on Reddit again. Reddit was a huge source for, cause they have a really good entrepreneurial subreddit yeah. and I would ask a lot of questions about, you know, how do I do this and that? And they would recommend things and I try them out and just kind of experimented as I went. And so that's awesome. Yeah. So then I had the website made a couple of months later after I got it all tweaked and how I wanted it. And the next challenge was to figure out how to get people to go to it. And I, I started the Instagram, but I didn't really think that was going to be a, a huge resource. I, what I originally started doing was going to the forums for individual aircraft type, like Beach Talk and, and yeah. Looney uh, forums and, and Piper Cub t- forums and everything. And I right. started just pitching to people. I made a thread. I was like, hey, this is who I am. I made this website to replace Barnstormers. It's it's free. It's Actually, at the time, it wasn't free. But um, What was your first? What, what did you charge first? Well, originally I had the business model of just charging per listing. I thought Barnstormers is charging 25 bucks for their cheapest listing with pictures. Mm-hmm. I'll charge like $10 less for that and give them even more pictures and more right. description. So I figured, you know, it's it's less expensive and it's better. So people will jump on it. Yeah. And it was kind of a tiered listing option. You could have a free listing, which included one picture, which uh, no one else did. And... It was like ten or fifteen dollars. I think it was, yeah, like fifteen dollars for the highest one, which included you know ten pictures and a bunch of description, and uh, everyone just kept using the free listing. And yeah. I was, and, and people were kind of frustrated with that because they would see this one picture and they'd be like, "Well, I want more pictures," and there's nothing, <laughs> there's no description. Like, why well, I want more description? People and can be people, cheap, man. <laughs> people are extremely cheap. Yeah, Even people are cheap. A five million dollar plan. Yeah, they don't people want to pay five bucks. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was I was just frustrated because I couldn't figure out how to make it work for everybody. So what I ended up doing was just giving away everything for free, so that when people are listing an airplane, they would they would list as many pictures as they want, as much description as they want, and the people coming to view the website would see as many pictures as they want and as much description as they want. Right. 
So instead of focusing on charging 10 or 20 bucks for a listing here or there, I started focusing on getting ad revenue from the eyeballs coming to the website. Okay. And, and I found that to be more, more profitable than 10 or 20 bucks here and there. Uh, so as soon as you get the, the website visitors up, you can start charging more for the advertisements yeah. on the website. So, so what, so that's what I, so someone, sorry, I come to your website, I list my plane, it's completely mm-hmm. free to list and give you all the pictures, all the information. What right. happens next? Like, so I'm on your website now, I hit contact, I want to buy this plane. Do you make uh-huh. money off a of sale? Do you make any money off of this listing whatsoever? Uh, I've actually made quite a bit of money just from people being appreciative of me helping them sell their plane and they oh, just like cool. say hey what's your paypal i want to give you some money because you basically sold this thing for me nice and i was like okay that's that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> sweet and so originally i didn't have any intentions to make any money off the transaction whether it be a part for a cessna 140 or a freaking two million dollar conquest that's like all brand new right uh but um and I still don't. That's not the idea. There, when you do take a listing down, there's an option to donate if we helped. Yeah. But you know, it's certainly not mandatory. You don't have to give anything. But um, some people do, and, and a lot of the people's airplanes who I sell on the, the field on Camry Airport, they they do give me a bit of a commission. That's cool. Which is very generous of them. But yeah, the website basically, when you check something out, it's not really a checkout process. You 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 can select to be featured on Instagram mm-hmm. and that's only like 20 bucks or something. Uh, and you can be, you can select to be featured on the website on the top of the banner that rotates around and that's like $10. Yeah. So nothing but, like life changing if they choose to do that. <laughs> you no, know, it's not no. like you're, and you're not making a million dollars off one plane being listed. No. Yeah. And, and you don't have to choose those options either. In fact, most people don't, but the people who do choose to be featured on Instagram, realize how beneficial it is because you know one thing that's cool about instagram business account is that you have the ability to look at the analytics for how many people viewed it how many people clicked it shared it saved it yeah and the posts that do well well they're also they also do well now but um (laughs) the posts that do well man they get hundreds of thousands of eyeballs on them yeah and for 20 bucks for a hundred thousand potential pilots looking at your listing, I mean, there's pretty good. I can't think of a better return. No. And almost every time that I post a plane for sale on Instagram, it's usually sold within a week. Thanks. That's to That's crazy. Thanks to that post, it's pretty ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I mean, there's so many people out there with money to buy airplanes that we don't know or don't like. Yeah. You don't even like. It's crazy when you go to the airport. The guy might be wearing ripped jeans and a with a, yeah. an old crappy t-shirt and a hat, and he's like, "Yeah, I got thirty airplanes." Like what? <laughs> so yeah. you, you don't know who has the money to buy an airplane, and you don't know. So it's like Instagram can put this out in front of so many people and all they have to yeah. do is just look at a picture and be like, oh, I like that plane. Let me go. Let me yeah. contact them about buying it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and a lot of people, some people will pay to have their half a million dollar Cessna 182. That's like, you know, a 2018 model yeah. posted on Instagram. And a lot of people will be like, geez, like, come on. Like, why are you, yeah. why are you sharing this? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's obviously out of everyone's price bracket and it's so ridiculously expensive and you can get such a better one from like 1999 that's all done up um but almost every single time they sell it's yeah, crazy that is crazy i can't yeah. even imagine and plus, and plus they do pay for the features so i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not just, gonna say no <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna say no they paid for it so. yeah sorry man <laughs> Twin, um, I, i'm not putting that on there yeah <laughs> yeah it's like Hey, me, I'll feature it. That's so. cool. No, I mean, that's a, that's a great idea. I would definitely agree with you that 
Barnstormers or controller.com, like they're all just complicated. You know, they're not easy to use. Now I'm not yeah. necessarily in the market for an airplane, but I'm looking at the website and it definitely feels a little easy to use. It feels a little bit more modern, which is nice. And maybe one day I'll buy the pilot, the pilot plane off it where I can do my podcast in the plane. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's a lot easier to use on your phone too. Yeah. It's really easy. It only takes maybe two minutes to, especially if you have the pictures for the airplane on your mm-hmm. phone. Uh, if you do it on your phone, it takes two minutes, maybe. And so it's a lot easier. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about how easy it is to list. The registration awesome. process is about 10 seconds. Yeah. So, you know, how, so, um, how many airplanes do you have listed now? Oh, that's a good question. I could, I'm on my laptop right now. I could, <laughs> I could go into my admin console and take a look at the analytics. I yeah. think I have that. Um, well, so they, they fall off after 60 days if you okay. don't touch them. Uh, so it's hard to know the exact number, but I can tell you how many have been listed in total. Yeah. And that is 1,500. That's awesome, man. And I mean, yeah. there's just the, the Almost few, like, the dot. Wow. yeah, wow. Nice. You can, there's so many other airplanes at FBOs or at the, all these places. So, I mean, that's awesome that you have the ability, just like you said, just go on your phone, take a couple of pictures, write a quick little summary. And there you go. The, yeah. the plane's up there to be listed. And if you just want to spend 20 bucks, you can throw it on Instagram or hundreds of thousands of people because people love looking at pictures of airplanes. Like, yeah, I don't do. even, they don't, people don't even know they want to buy an airplane until they find the perfect airplane. And they're like, Oh wait, right. okay. Maybe we yeah. can do this. Yeah. And I, I, I hadn't thought of Instagram being the main traffic source for the website, but it really is now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people come to it just organically. They just search it at the beginning of the day or something on their laptop. But, yeah. um, originally I was focusing all my traffic through the forums for the pilots, you know, who are on there looking for a specific bonanza. Yep. I would be like, Hey, I got this website. You can look at the bonanzas there. And. Absolutely. But, and I got a little bit of traffic from that. And, you know, I do, I do uh, get quite a bit of traffic from Facebook, but the majority of the traffic definitely comes from Instagram because it just blew up out of nowhere. Once I hit like uh, 10,000 followers, um, it, it, it was almost pretty unbelievable. I was getting 200 followers a day. That's awesome. And it was just like people were thinking I was buying my followers. I'm like, I swear <laughs> I'm not. And it just quickly went ballistic and, it's slowed down a little now, but yeah. it's still growing. Well, it's so funny how when someone has like a, a crazy rise like that in followers, like yeah. everyone gets salty and they're, I mean, I'm a victim <laughs> of it too. It's like when someone yeah. gets like 15,000 likes, I'm like, what the heck? This dude had like yeah. 2000 followers. Like there's no way, right. but like it, it, it can happen organically. I'm not it saying it happen. always happens organically. And I think most of the time right. they probably are paid for, but it can happen. So yeah. <laughs> and I think one thing that really helped me with the Instagram with growing it quickly was just giving the people exactly what they want. Yeah. And that was another big thing with the website where I think it's so helpful because when I go to somewhere and I see an airplane that I like and I see a price, I want to go. The, the first thing I think of is, is what, what time is on the engine? Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, how is the engine going to need to be overhauled? Like as soon as I get it, or is it a brand new engine? And that's obviously, you know, the biggest uh, factor when it comes to valuing an airplane is basically what's the engine like. Mm-hmm. And so people want to know that right away. So both on the website and on Instagram, that's the first thing I share is here's the price of the airplane and here's the hours on the engine because everyone wants to know that. They're always asking that if I don't include it. And there's, it just gives everyone exactly what they want in a very quick yeah. summer, you know, cause I, I, one thing that people hated and I always hated was you go to a website or something and you see a price of call for price, you know, <laughs> I hate and it's yeah. just like, 
you throw your arms up in the air, you're like, that, that is help not helpful at all. It's like, I can't yeah. even afford to buy an airplane, but I like to dream. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. unless you call for price, I'm like, screw this guy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or girl. Exactly. It's like, so what there's the heck? A mandatory, <laughs> yeah. There's a mandatory price requirement on wing swap yeah. and everyone loves that. So, um, and I think it's helppful. You know, it's just helpful to know. The what about the what about the people that list their plane for zero dollars, like this nineteen sixty six Piper PA twenty eight one forty zero dollars? Yes. Okay. So that so one thing I've learned about uh, users on any kind of you know database you create or website is that they'll always find a way <laughs> to get around any kind of measures you have to stop yeah. them from doing something. It's crazy. So like I I just had a spot originally for the price. And people just chose to ignore it. I put a little text above it that said required and they would still ignore it. So I had like a, uh, I had my developer write in that you can only include a value. You had to include something. So then they started making, you know, the people who wanted to subvert that would just put zero. And it's like, that's crazy. You, you, you can't make a foolproof system that no, you can't. makes them list the price exactly. Cause I've seen people put like one, two, three, four, five, if they, if they want to get around it even further, it's like some people just really don't. But then in that case, actually, I think if you look at the listing, they don't even know what to ask for it. So they're just accepting offers. Yeah, that's true. But too. I, I, I would still like to see a some, realistic price. Yeah. Or just yeah. put a price that's higher than you would think. And then put <laughs> like the first thing in bold, like uh, open to offers. All right. At least gets no, keep going. Sorry. You know, it's yeah. definitely true. I mean, like you said, people are smart. People are, they know how to play the game. They know how to play the system. And no matter what you set up, they're always going to figure out a way to get around yeah. it. So it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're going to, you can spend all this money trying to figure out a foolproof system. And then it's going to take a, it's like when Apple came out with the first iPhone. That's like, they said it's unhackable. Mm-hmm. And then a 16 year old like hacked it in like a week. And it's like, right. all right, okay, maybe it's not unhackable. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. But I was going to ask, what's the, all right. So I click on this one plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the 1966 Piper PA 28140 out of Bellingham, Washington. And I click on that. I want to buy it. What's the process look like? Well, uh, WingSwap doesn't have any kind of escrow service. Right. Uh, so there's no, there's no transaction that you can do through WingSwap. Like okay. you can't put the money through them and have them hold it. That's something a controller does do. Yeah. But, um, I think that's a little more valuable towards the stuff that's really expensive. Like they do obviously a ton of jets and, mm-hmm. and high dollar stuff. Um, so that kind of service is definitely necessary. But for the type of planes that I'm advertising with, uh, it's kind of operated just kind of like face or uh, Facebook or Instagram or I'm sorry, Craigslist, yeah. where they you just get their contact information nice. and like you're trying to buy a car off of Craigslist, you just meet up with them, arrange your own your own schedule with getting a PPI and and just this is basically just a bulletin board for people to get the word out about their plans. There's contact information at the bottom of the listing where you can either call them or you can send them an email. That's cool, man. But uh, yeah, there's no real escrow service or way to purchase like a buy now button that would increase the liability yeah. and, and the cost tremendously, <laughs> which I definitely don't have. No, yeah. Show. So it's best to um, just so the contact and then you kind of, they go from there and then if they yeah. want to, they can donate money back to you. Yeah. If they want. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's yeah. definitely respectable. It's like, I mean, it's expensive to do stuff. <laughs> I've yeah. learned that with a podcast. It's like, yeah, it'd be cool to do all the stuff that you want to do, but it kind of takes time right. and it's, it's expensive. It's a, yeah, to make money. A, you got to spend money, right? That's right. Uh, and especially because I'm not the developer. I have some development experience, 
uh, developer experience, but very basic. And, yeah. and I couldn't build a website like this. And so I, I hired a developer to do all the changes and stuff. So everything that I want to change, you know, it costs money. So right. if I want to make a big change, like add an escrow service, it would be hugely <laughs> cost prohibitive. Yeah. Speaking of so, like adding stuff, what's the future of WingSwap? What's like your ideal future for WingSwap? Do you want to stick with planes or do you want to do more stuff than just air- airplanes? Well, I started out, if you look at my original drawings um, of how I designed the website, it had a category for everything, including mm-hmm. jets and all that. But then when I realized what type of aircraft were being listed, it will be uh, very rarely any turbine stuff. It was kind of the smaller single engine stuff. Uh, some twins, some helicopters, gliders, and stuff like that, but never jets. So I just removed that option from the website altogether. So you can't even really list a jet um, if you wanted. You can list turbines like King Airs and stuff. Yeah. But um, you can't list citations or anything just because that's not the market that's looking at the website. You know? Right. The most of most of the uh, audience for Wingswap is pretty in line with the demographic that's following me on Instagram, which is between 20 and 40 years old and they're buying the planes that are between 20 and a hundred thousand dollars, not, not the citations and stuff. So right now that's what I'm focusing on. But later on I could see it, um, developing into adding the jet category back in once I start to get more requests for it. Cause I do every now and then, but it's certainly not enough to justify its own category. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I have had people, right now it's mainly focused on the American market, or North American, I should say, Canada and Mexico and U.S., but uh, I've had people want me to set up a European version as well, and I've had people request, you know, to be a partner in setting that up, because they have like a whole brokership of the largest whatever in Europe, and they're like, well, we can help you set up a link swap. UK and I thought, you know, maybe that's a good option down the yeah. line. Like once once this website becomes uh big enough and I I found it's sustainable enough, I'll look into other parts of the world. That's awesome, man. That'd be cool. There seems to be people out there that need it. But yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that what you're creating is definitely needed because it's like I don't know. It's just like everything in aviation seems like it takes forever to to upgrade or to change. And it's like, well, it works. So why should I change it? And that goes for whether it's the old website that was made in 2001 to even kind of SOPs and and rules and laws about flying. It's like anything in aviation takes forever to kind of transform and to change. So I think that it's amazing that you're coming in and trying to change it on your own. And Barnstormers has been around for a while. It's a great service, but I mean, Hey, it's, there's nothing wrong with some good old competition and a new guy coming in. So I mean, more power to you, man. And I, I like the site and I love the idea that it's all free to list. And it's like, Hey, if you want to donate, go for it. But I mean, I'm just trying to help you guys connect and create a sale. It's like, I love aviation. I'm just trying to push it out there. Yeah, exactly. That's and, cool, man. you know, I think Barnstormers is missing a major demographic with the one that I'm easiest most easily marketing to, which is the younger generation between 20 and 40 years old. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't think they're adapting enough to keep the market, uh, the audience right coming in and I'm kind of capturing that audience. Before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Hey man, I got a, uh, a quick rapid fire section for you real quick. Uh-oh. It's uh it's nothing hard. It's just kind of like you say, I'll ask you what your favorite plane is and you list the first thing that comes off to your mind. Okay. All right. So we'll start off with that one. What is your favorite airplane? Oh, uh, uh, 
can I get a, like a category of airplane? Uh, all right. So we'll just do a single engine prop. Single, single engine prop, probably the F thirty three A. Okay. What's your favorite jet? Favorite jet. Non fighter jet. Non fighter jet. Yeah. Ooh, probably the Citation ten. Okay, well, that's a good one. Those engines are huge. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. Design it's massive. About yeah, it. it's, it's a beautiful so plane. It's so tiny yeah. on the inside, but it's a beautiful plane. I've never been in one. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe they'll fly one of Camarillo and you can go in one. <laughs> yeah, I see them all. Time. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite airport you've ever landed at? Um, Oceano. Okay. I don't know if I know what that one is, yeah. but it's a little right. tiny beach airport on the coast, and you can camp on the airport. It's it's right on the coast in Central California. It's there's a little restaurant nearby. It's it's so it's so serene and, and really pretty. Oh, that's cool. That sounds like fun. Must be nice to live on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, it does. What, um, let's see, what is the ugliest airplane that you've ever seen? Oh, that's a good question. I'll tell you mine. I don't know. It's the okay. Piaggio. I do not like, I'm not a fan of the Piaggio. I just think the it's Amanti? ugly. Yeah. Oh man, I, I got to disagree on that. I think that was <laughs> one of the prettiest things. See, there's a lot of people that disagree. It's a very personal question. <laughs> I just think it looks like a, cat, a catfish. Yeah, it it does. I I, I could see that. Yeah. But something about the backwards looking wing. Yeah, and, it's I a, think it's very. I, I don't take cool. anything away from the design and how amazing of an airplane it actually is, and performance wise, I just think it's flat out ugly. And the same thing yeah. with the shorts. The shorts is an ugly airplane. I would say probably the Wilga is probably yes. one of the ugly with the round cowl yeah. and everything. The non-steroids Wilga that was built no, for Oshkosh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. not the Mike Patey. Yeah. Uh, Will get beast. That's know, awesome. Just like the, the older ones. They, they just look so funky. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah. But, yeah. What is your favorite airline to fly on? <laughs> uh, I don't have one. Okay, there you go. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favorite airline? Do you have one of those? Uh, no, no, I've never. Look at you, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. You just want to get you just want to get there safe and you know, <laughs> point A yeah. to point B. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. As long as they funny. don't screw me and bump me off the flight, which I've never had happen, yeah. I'm fine. Are you an iOS guy or Android? Uh, I am a work issued iOS guy. Okay. <laughs> what about personal phone? If you could choose, what would you choose? Uh I still think I would choose iPhone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mac or PC? PC. Okay. Uh, let's see. When you're flying, what's one thing you always have to have on you? Some people say four flight, iPad, sunglasses. Yeah, I would say four flight. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't even know if I could breathe right without four flight sometimes, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. what do you it's like? It's just so reassuring. Yeah. You don't even know where you're going. It's just, you see yourself on the map. You see all the frequencies around that I you know. need. It's, it's just, amazing. It's nice to have. Yeah, it's easily the best, the greatest thing that's happened in aviation in a long, oh, yeah. <laughs> since we started, that's since aviation started. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what is your favorite kind of uh, terrain to fly over? Mountains, beaches, oceans? Um, I'm always a, fa- a fan of flying over the plains. Actually. Okay. Nice. Yeah, because I, 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 I'm really a fan of flying low and slow. Yeah. And you can get really low and slow over the plains when there's nothing to hit. There's, you can just cruise like really down low. And, uh, I've always found that really enjoyable. Sunsets or sunrise? Uh, sunrise. All right. What? Let's see. What is your dream airplane that is not a fighter jet? Uh, okay. Well, dream 
Yeah, there's several. You know, everyone has several plays. I <laughs> obviously want a carving cup for the backcountry stuff, but I also oh, want obviously. Like a, uh, uh, Bonanza F33A with a big old 550 in the front, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'd go with a PC12 and a carbon cup. You can't not have a carbon cup, right? Yeah, that's, that's going <laughs> to yeah. be the default. With some big Thank bush you. tires, because obviously right. I live in Chicago and I need to go into the backcountry <laughs> all the yeah. time. Yeah, I went yeah. for a flight in a carbon cup. Oh. My friend's carbon cup recently. I'm so just, jealous. It's just silly. You can you feel like you're just flying a rocket you can point that thing straight up and yeah just, it's like hey it's carbon incredible. cup if you ever listen to the podcast and you want to sponsor it let me know <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah man hey those are all the rapid fire questions i have for you and those are all the questions i have for you man i appreciate you coming on and i appreciate you creating something new and being an entrepreneur entrepreneur in aviation and it's just cool to see people doing things outside of flying it's like aviation is such a big industry and there's so much you can do. So I, I love seeing seeing people kind of expand the aviation world and making it better. Yeah, thank you. I, I really enjoyed this. this no problem, man. Yeah, I'm glad. And uh, yeah, so uh, we can debrief when we get off. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Aviation, that is a wrap of episode number 65 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. If you want to go to Oshkosh and meet up with me, check out booth C3150 on Friday at noon. I'll be there for probably an hour or two hours giving out some stickers and saying hi to everyone. So make sure you come out, check out booth C3150 and I'll be there. Aviation, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash pilot the pilot and find us on social media at pilot the pilot. Aviation, as always, happy flying.